This is the Cloisterbell Podcast, and today we're talking about the Witchfinders. Cloisterbell podcast, a new weekly Doctor Who podcast, and since we've started we've been discussing the new episodes from series 11, and you can check out the previous episodes over at cloisterbell.co.uk, and make sure to subscribe in whichever way suits you best, we're on iTunes and SoundCloud, and follow us on Twitter at Podcast Bell, and like us on Facebook. Um, I'm Rob, and with me today is Liam. Hello there. Hi. Hi there. <laughs> so last week you did the podcast all on your own? Uh, yes, uh, with the exception of um, the first part of the, the 50, where we were discussing the 55th anniversary of Doctor Who. But yes, it was just me um, talking to the, the listeners about Kablam. Um, so before we get into the, the Witchfinders, um, I think be interested to hear what... Uh, what your views are on the episode? Well, I, I liked the episode, but for me it was hard because I'd edited your podcast first. All right. And and then I went on to watch the episode, so it was spoiled a little bit, but it was cool. So ultimately, you, you quite liked the episode. Uh, yes, yes, I did. I thought it was. Um, I thought it was very good. I liked how it was written. It. I thought it was. It was balanced really well with. Um, the drama, the funny moments, the, the eeriness of it, uh, the satire, mm-hmm. the way that the characters were presented and everything like that. Um, I think it was quite good how Chris was presented initially and how it was a twist that basically he's a terrorist at the end. So I suppose it's rather unfortunate that you were aware of that through my pod- uh, edit in the podcast. Yeah, no, I, still, I still enjoyed it. And you, were, you mentioned at the end of the podcast you were a bit bothered about um, Kira's death. A little bit, only in the sense that I felt that perhaps, given given the weight of it, it felt that it perhaps wasn't um, it wasn't covered as much thematically as as, as it could have done. I, mm. I wasn't like mass- I wasn't hugely bothered by it. To the, to the I could see why it was part of the story and it, and it did work. And uh, as I said, it wasn't until, whilst I was watching the episode. Um, it didn't bother me. It was only afterwards when you know I was thinking about it a bit more that I thought, oh, maybe, maybe it was um, one ingredient too many, considering that um, the philosophical aspects of it, you know, the fact that the, the computer system sacrifices one person mm-hmm. uh, in order to save thousands is a profound philosophical point, which isn't really, isn't really touched upon. No. But the death didn't have much of a an impact on the end, did it? Because that guy still kind of wanted to go through with his plan. Yeah, yeah, and I suppose in that sense it emphasised how far he had gone, mm-hmm. uh, how extreme he was and how he wasn't going to listen to reason or even his own feelings. Um, it was very much a case of a, of a, of a warped mind overruling the heart. Mm-hmm. So Interesting it, that. So this guy was an extremist because... Um, he saw something 
fundamentally wrong with um, the way things were running with mm. society and Kamblan in general. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so I was wondering, like, what is it about the human condition that compels people to want to kind of tear the world apart and make it right the way they want it? I mean, again, that's that's really quite profound, and mm. I mean, this is something that you could write entire theses on. In fact, people have. Um, it is that that, that fire balance of, of being recognizing something that perhaps socially you know needs to change or you know, um, policies and laws enacted in order to improve the situation. But you do that through through normal means of you know forming groups to discuss things and um, lobby um, lobby the appropriate people in other words engaging with a democratic process um, what can tip someone into the extreme um, well it can be any any number of reasons um, <laughs> it's, it's a bit it's, it's a bit difficult to um, succinctly Look mm. at that question. I think in a Doctor Who podcast, but no, I mean that's a that is a profound that is a profound question, which an episode like Kablam does does touch upon. But I think, um, but just to sort of quickly touch on it, I think in terms of Chris, the way that he is presented in the episode, I think it could be seen that he's someone who, and you know, was obviously normal and recognised that there was a problem and genuinely cared, but through constantly dwelling on the question and being socially isolated because it seems to to me that he is uh, a loner really so if you are socially isolated and then constantly dwelling on something there's there's no one to keep you grounded in your in your thought process so it's just one thing after another which can easily spiral into something quite extreme um I think that I think that's how it's sort of hinted at in in Kablam. Yeah, it's interesting, and even um, witnessing Kira's death didn't didn't put him off. Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly gave him pause for thought, but I think that um, he was he was so far gone into that thought process. It, um, the fact that I mean, we see this in, in real life. Um, with terrorist groups and uh, individuals who are willing to to commit terrorism, you know th- these are these are people who are willing to to kill innocent people uh, in order for whatever for whatever their viewpoint is, um, and that was that was seen here that the person that he loved or had strong feelings for uh, in the grand scheme of things didn't matter because uh, to him because he he was so far gone and he was willing to commis, commit mass murder in f- for what he believed was a just cause. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting at the end, was it the doctor that said it or was it someone else um, that made the point that it's not the system that's the problem, it's the people behind it? I think it may have been the doctor, but yes, yeah, exactly. It's it's not the technology that's the problem, it's it's how it's... It's how it's utilized, but given that, I think that was I think that was sort of like one of the the, the problems that I was hinting at. Given that, which is true, uh, but given that, I think it the fact that it was the system that allowed her to be killed in order to 
send that powerful message to Chris mm-hmm. in the hopes that he would eventually see reason. Um, this, the system itself was willing to kill someone, it, it, but that wasn't really sort of touched upon. So on the Witchfinders mm-hmm. was another good episode, I thought. Yes, uh, I thought that it was. It was certainly one that I was. I was looking forward to. I mean, I've always looked forward to to each episode, not only in this series but uh, but others as well. Um, but certainly this one because I think that we. we uh, I think we've said this in a previous podcast, and if you look at reviews elsewhere online, a lot of people have have are thinking along the same lines, which is that the season has been good, but the historical stories have tended to be better. Mm-hmm. And there's certainly ones that we've enjoyed the most, I think, compared to the others, and and so now we present, you know, we were presented with another historical setting with the with the Witchfinder. Um, so simply for that reason, it was certainly one that I was uh, looking forward to um, more than the others to to see what they did with the uh, the historical setting. Yeah, good historical story, and it was a good standalone story as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really good setting, though. It was cool that it was on um, Pendle Hill. My wife's family's just from down there. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that I thought the location was was very good and um it it provided a I mean in some in some aspects you could say that the the location itself was a character. It 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 did certainly establish the mood and the atmosphere. Was quite eerie, wasn't it? A lot mm. of shots of the trees and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was funny the idea at the end that the Pendle Hill um, was essentially just a prison. Yeah, that was. Uh, I think that was something that very few people could have foreseen when watching the episode. So that was that was a nice narrative development. There were a lot of cool characters in this story. Um, I think there's nothing more ominous than having a masked Alan coming lurking after you. <laughs> no, that's true. And that was that was something else that I was really looking forward to because uh, Alan Cummings uh, a really really good actor. He's been in many good things. He's been in The Good Wife, uh, was in that superbly. I think for a lot of people he'll always be remembered um, for playing uh, Boris and Goldeneye. Yeah, yeah. He's been in all sorts. Um, absolutely t- tremendous actor, and, and to have him finally um, be cast in the series was a delight. And I absolutely loved his performance of King James the First or King James the Sixth of Scotland. Um, yeah. He was brilliant, and because one of the things I really enjoyed about this episode was was how overall it was very enjoyable. I thought you had a very good story. Uh, it was creepy and eerie in places. It was exciting, and it was also just tremendous fun. And a lot of that fun was contained with. Um, with King James and Alan Cummings' wonderfully camp performance, but it, it but it, it really it, it didn't it didn't um, it uh, it didn't feel out of place. It it suited everything. It provided a really good balance, and it was just a delight yeah. to to see him play the part. And it was a good balance. He felt it felt like he was um, kind of on the good side of the characters in this episode, even though kind of his actions conflicted with what the Doctor wanted. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And one of the the highlights of the episode f- for me was w- when you had the scene just between the Doctor and the King and they were just having a conversation. Uh, because even though it was um, 
the doctor was the prisoner and the king was seemingly the one in charge the conversation that they that they were having it was it was one of equals really uh, and that was that was quite surprising how that scene played out because even though that the, the doctor's attitudes is completely different to that of um 17th century uh britain uh which obviously the, the, the king's extolling with uh with with his christian beliefs and his translation of the bible um basically his view is that he wants to defeat evil mm-hmm. and and in that respect uh so does the doctor but it's just that what they're recognizing as evil is is is, is different but that scene was really rather good um recognizing the truth of the other so the the doctor was getting to some truths about the king because obviously the doctor is aware of history and uh, from her perspective, that the king is a, is an historical figure, but what was really rather good was the king was able to recognize the, you know certain truths with the doctor, you know, because he had mm. this thing that you know he was he was the one who would de- defeat Satan and and gave himself this this title, and the doctor mm. states, you know, you're hiding behind that. Yeah, and then and then, but then the king goes, mm, but you know it's an interesting title that you've got, the Doctor. Are you hiding behind that? Um, so that was good. I thought that was, it was touching on some really good points uh, in terms of the story, but it was just really well written and really well performed of how, despite where the, where their belief system is, um, th- they were in some respects equals. Yeah. This does happen a lot with um, some major historical figures. They seem to have a better connection to the Doctor, don't they? Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I, I think that's one thing that I quite like with the way that historicals tend to be written. Um, I think one of the, the irritating bugbears would be if you were writing an historical character and writing them as if they're stupid just because they're from some time in our past. Mm. Um, whereas, no, they're not stupid. They're you know they're intelligent it's just that certain attitudes are different simply because of the, the time and the period that they're in but these are you know these are still people who can get to the truth of other people you know they have that understanding and yeah that th- that was something that this episode certainly contained uh and, it, and in contrast with that it was i mean it was it's something that's based on historical f- fact because there's there's this sort of question mark of uh whether the uh, king james was actually homosexual or certainly at the very least he was he he was bisexual because you know he he was he was married to the queen and they had heirs but it's it's well documented he had he, he had a male lover mm-hmm. and i think that the way that he um clearly had the hots for ryan was uh, was quite <laughs> was quite well played in this episode yeah. i think yeah of course he had the um the job off at the <laughs> at the end yeah, yeah this yeah. is actually the two episodes two episodes in a row ryan's had a job offer Oh yes, yeah, 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 yeah. So that must be doing good for his self-esteem because he um, <laughs> he kind of started off at the series feeling a little bit worthless because he was working this in this job he didn't like, mm-hmm. um, and then he got offered to be the to join the management of Kablam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then again this week. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. And then uh, being and then being offered to be protector uh, protector of the king but I, all, I think we all realized that that job would have would involve a bit more <laughs> than what was in, perhaps in the job description um, but yeah yeah uh, that's and again that sort of goes into how you know the, the characters have have developed and 
uh, talking of which, um, Yaz was again showing how how caring that she is because when the uh, you know she's the one who immediately the first thing that she wants to do is go to the granddaughter uh, whose grandmother has you know he was ki- uh, killed yeah you know and find information about her but principally make sure that she's all right and care for her yeah because um she's she's got a duty of care hasn't she that's the kind of um moral sense she's got from mm-hmm. being a police officer yeah yeah um character development wise this episode do you think it um been good for any of the characters in particular i think the- i think it's um i think it's just i think it's just a further establishment of what we have seen in the series you know that the that um in terms in terms of team tardis they've come a long way from how they were in the first episode and, and during the course of the season uh, of the series we've seen we've seen them steadily progress i think in the in the last few episodes in particular including this one uh, i think it's sort of just establishing fully where we know that the characters are because we have when yaz and ryan work together that they're a very good detective team that's been seen um since episode one uh in of themselves ryan's you know just strong and capable and one thing that we've seen is that the i've forgotten the name of the disorder but um but this uh the disorder he's been given that that's you know he's been able to to cope with that and that's to the point where it's it's still there, but not much as of a problem as it was initially. Um, and I think of, of of the main team. I think I think the doctor was more at the forefront of this, and I think this was a really good um, melding of looking how looking at how women were treated um, in the past, and how given the doctor's gender now, how that placed her in danger. I think that was uh, very well written, and um, the way that that was written into the episode was uh, really rather good. Yeah, usually it would just be the companion that's going to bear the brunt of that kind of um, attitude. Mm-hmm. I think um, this part of the series, I've stopped paying attention of the different character dynamics between people. Um, you know, it, at the start of the series, I was interested in seeing who was going off with who and how they play off each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a whole, the team seems to work really, really good together. Yeah, yeah, that's true, and I think it's the same. It's only when you know you're sort of aware of it when you're looking back on the episode and analysing it, but just in terms of when you're just sitting down and watching it, everything just does just flow. Um, nothing feels feels jarring or anything massively flagged up with the way that characters uh, relate. It just everything flows quite nicely. I think my favourite thing about this episode would be Graham's hat. <laughs> Yeah, that was... rocks it for the whole episode, doesn't he? Like he did with the sunglasses. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think that that was quite a nice uh, comic touch uh, throughout the episode. Yeah, yeah, and he did strangely suit it. Yeah, just give him anything, he'll wear it for the whole episode. (laughs) Yeah. So how would you rank the Morax as creepiest enemies this series, do you think? I think in terms of this this series, probably uh, quite high. I think, not the highest, um... I think the first episode in particular was really creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, having said that, though, I think actually the, the racist attitudes in, in Rosa Parks was certainly the scariest that the, the, the series has done, just with how casual violence was, given yeah, the time course. period. Yeah, 
Um, but just in terms of just alien monsters, I think yeah, I think in terms of this series that they're quite high. Yeah. Um, the Kablam robots were pretty creepy. Yeah, the, uh, the, there were certain moments with the way that they were used. You know, the, just how still they were, yeah. um, and just the, the way that uh, Lee Max character was was seen off, and the way that that, that was dealt with. Yeah, that they were quite creepy. Mm-hmm. But I think this this was one quite quite handled well in the sense that, um, given the location of it, it, it worked quite well because they originally they, they appeared to be as mud tentacles, and then effectively having zombies. Um, you know, taking over cadavers and ha- how they were made to look, um, and seeing the main one wield an axe was was quite um, was quite creepy. Mm-hmm. I could see it. It's it's sort of like one of those ideas which I could see used in a um, in a fairly decent nineteen seventies horror movie or it, or sort of a retro horror movie of today. I think yeah, I think it was uh, it was done quite well and thought the makeup was really good. How about you? Yeah, I thought they were pretty creepy. Yeah, I was I was a bit unsure about their motives at this um, early on in the episode. I thought, oh, maybe they'll, maybe they're not they're harmless after all. But obviously, I did suspect something with Becca Savage's character. Obviously, there was the handkerchiefs in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, just as it was just a little thing, but obviously, it was a bit of a, a bit of a plot point there. Yeah, I think the way that um, the investigation uh, initially began with, with with the doctor and um, and the others, they did seem to be very interested in her fr- from from the off. And I think it was it was a balance between how very overzealous she was, and clearly she was aware that there was some sort of danger, and this has been going on for quite some time. And mm. I think it was it was established, you know, she's killed thirty five people in order to stop satan as she uh, as she initially as she initially said but yeah, yeah i think there was something uh the, the doctor seemed quite suspicious of her to begin with and she, she did seem to be very overzealous um and the way her sort of mania built up leading up to the reveal of of why she's behaving in this particular way mm. i think because i think initially um i th- thought it was going to be something on the lines of these were creatures who were wishing to seek revenge or they were somehow inhabiting these cadavers and because these cadavers had been unfairly um, killed they were wanting to seek revenge I, initially I thought that was the way that the, the story was going to go in some respects I'm rev- uh, relieved that it wasn't mm-hmm. um, uh not that it's a particularly bad idea, but I don't think it's particularly original and probably would have raised more questions than, than anything else. Um, but yeah, I think it was quite interesting that it was it was this this alien race who or part of an alien race who had been imprisoned for for war crimes. Mm-hmm. And and in that sense, it was it was sort of like traditional Doctor Who of oh, it's this alien race who wants to take over the world again, but. Um, the way that the way that it was the way it was revealed, I thought was quite good. Yeah, it, it suited the story. And if they had succeeded at the end, they would have had quite a strong foothold and taken over the country, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah, that's true. In fact, because one bugbear that I do have is towards the end of the episode is when um, when it's the last one standing. It's it's um, it's Rebecca Savage who's been completely taken over. Um, by, by the Morax, and she 
she somehow hasn't been incarcerated like the others. She's able to to stay strong and is refusing to back down. And mm. is talking about you know how she still wants to you know kill and take over, and nothing is dissuading her. The king goes, well, obviously you're a threat. I'm having to deal with you, and then he and then he kills her. And I'm actually with the king on that one. It kind of it, the way that the doctor behaves and gets a bit grumpy towards the king because he did that, given how much of a threat that the Morax was. I think the Doctor was a bit on a high horse at that point. Yeah, she began the episode by saying how they shouldn't interfere with mm-hmm. history. <laughs> yeah, and quickly does that. But yeah. I mean I mean I don't think we were surprised when that's the first you know, she immediately sort of springs into action and and you know uh tries to prevent um something completely unjust happening. Mm-hmm. Um but given the fact that the Morax were clearly a threat and weren't listening to reason and had had demonstrated that they were willing to kill uh, and so on and so forth, and this was a threat, I, I was totally with the king on that one. I was like, yeah, you did, you did the right thing. You, you acted like a leader. You acted like a proper king and you dealt with a threat. Good on you. Oh, Doctor, get off your high horse, for goodness sake. Um, so um, I disagreed with the Doctor to, uh, uh, with regards to that at the end of the episode. One of the things that we'll do later on in the podcast is is just have an overview of, of the current series and, 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 and rank the episodes. Yeah. But uh, I think at the moment... I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll have to give this some thought, but I think actually at the moment... And this may surprise people. I'll probably say that the Witchfinders is my favourite of the episode so far. Yeah, that's cool. See how you feel after a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So, uh, one thing that I think at some point that we'll we'll do is is look back on the series as a whole and then rank the episodes. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but at the mo, I mean, th- this may change in time when I, when I when I consider it a bit more. But funnily enough, I think. Of all the episodes that we've seen for so far, I think this is actually my overall favourite. Yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from. Um, I think once I've had a few more days to process it, I'll see that's still the case. But yeah, I, I did really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It's definitely one that I feel like I can rewatch. Oh yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I there's think definitely it... there's definitely a few episodes that we'll probably never want to revisit in just in Doctor Who in general. I think there was one that was. Um, few years ago was it sleep no more oh good god yeah no uh, yeah and, I've, and I've... we kind of endured that and we didn't want to watch it again but oddly enough it got quite good reviews did it oh that episode made me feel physically sick watching it <laughs> no i have no desire to watch that again um but i mean in terms of this series i haven't got any epi- i haven't there hasn't been any episodes which i've had such a such a visceral angry response at like like that one which we will never mention ever again. We probably <laughs> will. Um, I mean, as I've said before a couple of times, I think the Conundrum episode is is arguably the, the weakest, but it was still mm. diverting entertainment. If someone were to put it on and go, right, I want to watch this, I'd have absolutely no problems with it. But I think there are episodes within the series which are much stronger, this certainly being one of them. I think what I quite liked was, one, I liked the story. I liked the setting, the atmosphere of it. Um how everything was, I felt perfectly balanced. There were moments which were generally exciting. There were moments which were really creepy, and there was a, a camp enjoyability to it, mainly because of Alan Cummings' brilliant performance uh, as as King James. But again, that 
that gelled really well and, and that was balanced because th- there were moments when it, w- it was quite enjoyable and uh but then you, you, you when he was interacting with the doctor there was some some very interesting drama there yeah definitely a highlight of the series i think mm-hmm. mm. so this was episode nine so sorry episode eight uh we've got two more episodes in the series uh excluding the the new year special so it's been really interesting because I think with the exception of the very beginning of the Ghost Monument, on these have tended to be self-contained adventures. And even though I've really liked them, and there's maybe been a bit of a hint of some sort of th- thematic thing going on, which we've discussed in previous podcasts, there doesn't seem to be a massive build-up or a huge story arc. Do you think that the next two episodes again are going to be self-contained? Uh, I'm starting to think that, yeah. Um, if there's anything that's been left open for future episodes, it might not um, be revisited until another another series or two, perhaps. Yeah, because I think cause one thing that we've, we've said in the past, uh, well, rather with uh, previous podcasts, is that there's been the potential of maybe one or two villains or one or two characters given the way that they've departed in a particular episodes to return and we were maybe expecting that to be in the final but the way that things are running at the moment is that that doesn't that may not be the case and will it just be sort of like in the classic series of doctor who when you would have self-contained stories and then the last one would be as epic as that series can can be just as a way of finishing off rather than a story arc. Um, do, do you think we're seeing a return to that? Possibly, yeah. Um, I th- I'm, I'm thinking maybe the last episode will be more focused on the characters mm-hmm. rather than an enemy. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because since the show's come back, there's always been story arcs and this is the first series since 2005 where that hasn't been readily apparent. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Well, folks, thank you very much for listening. Don't forget you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cloisterbell. And we're also on Twitter at podcastbell. And as we've said previously, please don't hesitate to get in contact.